Hey, what's going on? This is your boy, Brother Technico, and this is the Miso Technico Show. Thank you so much. Um, we got a couple of things we're going to talk about today, because if not, uh, I'm going to try my best not to be long later. Um, you guys know I do, but a uh, few things on the list. The first thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about this whole Terrence Howard situation. I'm going to be very, very brief, um, because it, it requires, like, it, it, it's all it takes. That's what I need to say. It's all it takes. I don't have to really go into too much detail because once I say what I have to say, and I probably mentioned this a few years ago, of uh, the moment this story I'm going to reference first came out. So uh, a couple of interesting takes about Terrence Howard. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, <laughs> uh, white people and their commentary on um Black activities or what we're doing on social media. I've been seeing a couple of videos um, from white people more or less documenting um, some of the quote-unquote uh, black hate circulating on Twitter. One of the episodes we're going to talk about is one towards Malika Andrews. And there's a couple of points I need to make about that, but um, we're going to talk about that. And uh, there's something else, but let's, let's get right into it. So I, I want to talk about the current power situation because this right here. Um, when I heard the story break about Terrence Howard uh, having an issue, I'm not sure if it's a lawsuit uh, between, you know, for, for Empire saying he was underpaid. And I know a lot of people may be like, well, why didn't you get into it? Let, let me tell you exactly why uh, and why I don't give a shit and why Terrence Howard, hey, Tough shit, nigga. The chickens come home to roost. What you what you do eventually comes back to bite you because the issue that I have with Terrence Howard is that Empire, that whole series, was it was Ron Meek's story. There's an interview on Black TV. I know we don't watch that platform anymore, but before he had disrespected uh, uh, the Minister Farrakhan, he had did an interview, a series of interviews with Ron Meek. Now, if people don't know who Ron Meek is, he was the manager, the father of the Neutron, a very good, a very good friend of um, Michael Jackson's father, uh, very close with Michael Jackson. If you guys go check out the interview, I usually don't uh, recommend people to go to that particular platform, but I do uh, recommend that you guys go to that platform and check out those Ron Meek interviews because there's a lot of stories. Um, it, he even talked about a story where they had offered them a certain amount of money to say that Michael Jackson touched his kids, like during that whole situation, right? Um, so very, 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 very interesting. But more to the uh, back to the point, that story, Empire, was actually about his life. And he actually shares parts of his life. So Cookie was his wife. So he had evaded the laws, had to go to jail, did a whole bunch of stuff. His wife, like in real life, had to do time. We were talking about a music family. And I know the Neutrons is, is a group that many of us may not be familiar with because of the age bracket. Maybe you are. But... That was their life. So to get back into Terrence Howard, Ron Newt actually had wrote the script for his show. He's going to call it something else. He had brought that script to Terrence Howard to play that role, right? He doesn't hear back from him. A year later, they come out with that series, Empire, to which Ron Newt had a billion-dollar lawsuit against Empire. Unfortunately, he would pass away the following year. So he never got to really see his justice for that. But he had given Terrence Howard the script first. Then all of a sudden they go do this show. So the point that I have to make about this 
is that when you do dirt, when you steal, when you become the white man's nigga, backstabbing your brother so you can get what you feel is a little bit more paper, something that you thought was a little bit more better. You deserve everything that you get. House nigga. That's why I didn't go into the details to figure out what the lawsuit, because nigga, you got everything that you got, you deserve. And you shouldn't have got what you got. Because you a thief. Actually, you worse than a thief. You the, you the, the, the back dough coon that let the white man in the dough to steal from your own family. That's who you are. You didn't just steal, you didn't make it your own thing. You gave it to the white man to steal. You didn't even have the courage enough to steal it for yourself. And how do we know that? Because how the hell did you steal a script and get underpaid? For something that made millions of dollars. You got everything that you deserve. House nigga. Now we done with Tarot Talk. So let's get into the next. Uh, <laughs> the, next uh, uh, the next subject. And the reason I want to talk about this. And this is. About uh, some of the. The videos. Some of the media I've been seeing. Uh, that white people have been making about um, black interactions on Twitter. Now, I'm not telling us how to do or what to do. I'm always telling us to be mindful. I try to come from a place of um, just being cognizant. Because I truly do feel a lot of the engagements that we have online, uh, we do so reactively. We don't put too much thought behind it. We don't think of the big picture. We make a lot of big picture points, but... I don't think we see, you know, the pros and the cons to making a move. That's why I always talk about we're playing chess, not checkers. And one reality of chess is that no matter what move you make, it's give and take. Every time you push the pawn, you create weaknesses. Yeah, it might be a good move. Yeah, you might take up more space. But every time you make a move, you create weaknesses. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that we have to focus on making moves that regardless of what we give up, it'll give us opportunity to make stronger moves. Okay. So what uh to get into what uh what inspired me to talk about this, saw this video. And uh okay, I'll I'll get the name. I'll get the name. But I saw this video talking about um how black people have been reacting to uh, Malika Andrews, and they've been and he phrased it in a way that made it seem like it was sexy. And actually, he flat out says that it's sexy, you know. And he goes through and he documents a lot of the different uh, commentary people make. Now, a lot of the photos, you know, when they're talking about her, and, oh, just for. Just for context, because you guys may not know who Malika Andrews is. Malika Andrews is a, uh, I'm not going to call her analyst, but she's, uh, she works for ESPN. Uh, she covers stories, and she's known for uh, covering stories that talk very negatively or, put, or paint black men in a very, very negative light. You know, she's, she's, from, she's from the town, but similar to Kamala Harris, just because you're from the town, that don't mean that you... That you for real, that you really about that, right? 
that means that you're really about your people. That's what I mean by that. Not about that as kind of thoroughs, but I'm talking about like you may come from a place that is historically black and has a lot of um, black energy, you know, and a lot of you know what I'm saying? Just a lot of that is the focus. You got some culture. You got a lot of different things in Oakland, but that doesn't mean that you affiliate with that. So back to Casey's point. Um, she's known for attacking black men, but not giving the same energy uh, to white athletes who do similar or worse things. You know, she had a lot to say about Deshaun Watson. She had very little to say about Pat Wheeler. And when she was questioned about that, she made she said, "Oh no, that's a mental health issue." Well, clearly the victim doesn't feel like it's a mental health issue. You know, the woman, the sister, that was she was beaten up so bad. You know, she, I think she had to get like uh, a shoulder replacement or some, some stuff in her shoulder. Like he, he he hurt her pretty bad. That was the line. Um, he played for a couple of different teams, but that's sort of the thing. And the black community uh, has caught on to it. You know what I'm saying? It's not just her. There was another. Um, uh, another sister who worked for the uh, program and they got on her because she disrespected Cam Newton and you know the way that they attack athletes particularly black athletes you know people are starting to speak up on that so the video however frames this as oh although Woj Narowski who is a, a you know a white co-host or co-analyst or whatever the hell you want to call Woj because I, I don't consider these dudes analysts like if you don't play if you don't really know the game then how can you analyze it but they're reporters, they, they, they cover the sport. So they, they tell a reporter, they say they focused on her, that they mostly dealt with her. Well, she's the one who normally attacks black folks. Why would you known for doing that? And family, if you go on YouTube and you look up Malika Andrews, Jalen Rose, like you'll see an episode where Jaylen, or a video where Jalen Rose tries to give her a simple hug and she pulls away as if she was trying to do something more. Although you can see clearly on the video, he wasn't trying to do that. Very similar to the Michael Irving situation, you know, between him and that white uh, hotel worker or whatever like that. Right. So it's very, very well documented. However, the dude phrases it as if these people are just attacking her just for the fact that she's a woman, because she does make a lot of the feminist points and different things like that, and completely ignores. The other element, you know, or the element about her attacking black people. And it's very, very interesting because white people like to pick and choose when they want to recognize whether we want to call someone out for being a coon. Like, if we're calling somebody out for being a coon, they say, you know, like Lil Wayne, for example, you know, when he talked about that he had never been discriminated against or experienced racism, we called that some coons. Well, why does he have to be a coon? That's his experience. Like, they act like, you know, like, they don't want to see when people are pandering. You know, it's that cognitive dissonance thing. Uh, we, we talk so much about, like, they don't want to accept that there's people that kiss white ass for the sake of them being white. Like, they don't want to accept that. I don't know what it is. Like, they don't want to accept that. And it's not just black people. It's all people, all non-people who are considered to be non-white or not or can't pass for white, you know? They don't really want to accept that. So, you know, again, they pick and choose when they want to acknowledge that. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is that I like when we call out certain things, but sometimes the way that we do it 
although I understand being passionate and within the moment and different things of that nature. Um, look, it's, we have to be careful about how they're trying to make us look. You know what I'm saying? Like what, like what they're trying to do to paint a certain picture of us. You know, wasn't that long ago when they were trying to paint this picture that black men align more with conservative views because they're sexist? Like, this is along those lines, but I don't know if we recognize that we, we, we undergo a multitude of different attacks. And although one attack individually may not have much impact, when you have a lot of those same things, it can create, it can add up to a large impact, go from a little impact to moderate impact to great impact. And ever since George Floyd, ever since that whole beginning of COVID, like that whole COVID thing, just pay very close attention to how black people have been talked about, how they've been depicted. Look at the John Major situation, which I will talk about shortly after this, because, yeah, we got some things to say about that. But, it ties into that, you know, because, again, in a very similar way, he didn't protect himself. You know, you, we, we may think we know things, or, yeah, we may know things. We may know that, you know, people are out to get us with certain things, but you may not know how to deal with it the same way that you may know that the goal in basketball is to put the ball in the basket, but if you don't know how to dribble, shoot, or lay up, or dunk or do anything like that, then you're not going to be able to be effective in accomplishing the goal, okay? Like, I talk about it all the time. For us to be successful, we have to learn law. We have to learn our local laws and how that shit works, what's expected of us when we deal with police. Why? Because you may know the police is out to get you. You may be, you know, you may know that they're just trying to fuck with you, but if you don't know how to respond to them correctly, the situation can go left very quickly. So bringing it back to the social media, we have to we have to understand that people are. There's a reason why Elon Musk made it to where you can say certain things. But always remember when they give you something, you know what I'm saying? They are taking something away. They don't just give you something for no reason. And I sat in. I don't know if you guys remember that episode, but I sat in those meetings that he was having with media and all the different stuff, like when he when he was taking over Twitter before he changed it to X, I was sitting at each and every one of those public meetings, okay? So you got to understand that when it's black people and we're saying certain shit, it's very easy for them to make that look like the collective. The same way they made, you know, these this very minority group of Africans and, they, and some of them, most of them probably take account that we make them seem like this is what Africans were feeling, although that wasn't the voice of Africans. White people, yeah, white people do the same thing, but white people have the, the advantage and the ability, being in the position that they are, to just say, no, that's just them. That's just an isolated group of people. I'm not like that. Family, we know that we're not afforded that same luxury. We know that. One black man do something like you know what I'm saying. The moment you get one black serial killer, <laughs> although the overwhelming history and actually, yeah, I'm gonna talk about that too. You know because 
I was curious one day, you know, uh, about the whole serial killer thing. So I wanted to see if I could find, like, some ancient serial killers in there. Uh, and you guys would be surprised to see what I found. But, um, yeah, but just to wrap that up, it's just the way that they frame us, you know. And I know we're not aware of uh, the different entities and the different places out there because we don't, you know, we don't look for it, so, so we don't find it. But there is a very, 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 very active subculture. You know, this whole silent majority thing is a very, very real thing. It's a realer thing than you guys realize. And I have been to a few of those types. Okay? I've seen what they talk about. I've seen what they discuss outside of Twitter. You know? I've been fortunate enough to see some discourse. Okay? And I don't, I don't even think I'm getting into the, 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 the best one. Because it's like, we don't realize, like, the kind of community. Like, we think we got a community and we got people like you. Or maybe that's just my reaction to seeing just how live this shit really is. And it's international. Like, you got people. It's like, you, like we have no clue how big this is. Like, talking about collectively. Like we have no idea. You know, it is like a, a whole other society onto itself. And, yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's really what it is, and they operate very, very well. Like, I would, I would compare them to, I would compare them to, like, think about, like, how the vampire societies work in a lot of these movies, you know, they're very secret, they know how to feign ignorance even around certain people, like, and they benefit from ignorance of the people around them, people who don't know what they're up to. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as them being vampires and doing this and doing that, usually the people around them are unaware. Uh, some of the people that are aware, you know, they're, they're certain people, but for the most part, they're able to kind of go about the world without really, you know, with relative ease, and no one really suspects it. Like, when I made that point about uh, the founder of uh, Calnico and him teaching at Morehouse, like, I don't think anybody suspected who he was. Teaching there. But that's a lot of folks. You know, because that's a part of it. They made that clear when they said the silent majority. And we knew what that, well, we knew what that meant. Because we feel the de facto racist. You know? Then all of a sudden I have white people talk about the fact that they know that there's people in their families that are like that. But do those people act like that outside? Although, you know what I'm saying? But that's it's it's a part of that, you know. It's, I don't know. I can speak from their perspective, but um, yeah, that's just the thing. Everything that we do, everything that we that, that we say, especially at this point in the age of data and PII and all that kind of stuff, like it, this is this is a very different playing field than what they used to. And we can talk about us still being enslaved, we still, you know what I'm saying? But we, you can't feel that comfortable. When you don't understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to question how comfortable you are when you don't understand all the mechanisms. You know what I'm saying? When you don't know how they're actually keeping tabs on people. Back in the day, yeah, you needed somebody to keep that. Like, where would you run? In a modern day, just think about that. Modern day slavery, let's say if you were back on the plantation with all the technology that they have at their disposal, how would you get away? 
And do you know enough about this technology to manipulate it to your advantage? So you could get away. You have to understand that there's a reason why they separate you from knowledge. Okay, yeah, you can read books now. Although the books that they give you are trash. And now they got shit set up to inspire you not to read. Think about that for a second. Motherfuckers took away the ability for you to read for a reason. Now they gotta, you know, they have you incentivized not to read. They, you know, rather watch a video. You know what I'm saying? But even then, you know, away from that, like, skills. They haven't given you the skills. When you think about a lot of these people getting hacked, these, these big bank accounts and all these funds, how many people, how many of you guys know that these are young teenagers in the age of 14, 15, 16, 17, sometimes they're immigrants, sometimes they're not. And this goes back to the early, early inception of uh, what they call black hat hackers, you know, like society, everything that's negative, black hat, black box, you know, all that shit, right? Um, but the, the first black hat, official black hat hacker, was a 16-year-old named Kevin Mitnick. You know, that's the piece that he died earlier this year. Um, and I and I say that just from a, from a standpoint of me being in IT and me knowing who Kevin Mitnick is and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because, unfortunately, in tech, you don't, you know, you don't have a lot of, not a lot of people that look like us that even get an opportunity to do shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Or get that notarized. And another point I'd like to make, I just told this to my mom the other day, because I wasn't even sure, because I sent her a video about another hacker. What the hell was his name? This is Chubby Kid. This is a kid that hacked um, Okta and a bunch of other places, right? Um, yeah, I'm like, she's, I'm, she's like, oh, somebody's going to beat him up. I'm like, no, he's not. I'm like, he's going to serve his time, you know what I'm saying? And after he gets out, you know, just to be service, blah, 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 and they're going to offer him a job. Kevin Mitnick, after they called him and he served his time, they offered him a job. He became a CEO, not a COO, a CEO of a big company. And then he started doing like cybersecurity lectures and helping people uh, boost their cybersecurity. It's like you start off as a criminal to solidify your job as a person who fights that, you know. And, it's, and that is the history. Um, that's why when it comes to ethical hacking, cybersecurity, they allow people with criminal backgrounds because right? it's just about having a skill set. Um, but I digress. Um, they keep this sort of information away from you, like you don't get these workshops, you don't get to build robots and do all these things because, and number one, they, 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 they feel like they don't want to make that mistake again to where they had to have all white unions, like because black folks had all the skills, like they had become so uh, complacent and reliant on black folks that they didn't have any of the skills, so when it did get to that point where folks did compete, they had to change the rules up, and as much as it happened, I don't think that it helped their pride at all, I think it hurts their pride, you know, like, because that's a major concession. When you feel like you're superior and you have to, you know what I'm saying, you have to uh, give up, um, yeah, you have to give up ground by, like, now creating rules to give you an advantage over those that are actually better than, you know what I'm saying, like, it's a major, it's a major bolt to the pride, and I don't think that's something that they want to really deal with again. You know, like, I think this time they, they want to make it to where, okay, uh, all of the relevant skills you have to have, this kind of a lifestyle, this kind of a quote-unquote bracket, right? And then all of the laborers, the people who, you know, don't have the education or the knowledge, you guys get back. You know, because that's how, that's how they push it, man. We don't want to accept it. You know, 
but we see more about black athletes than black people making like great feats. And a lot of folks may argue over there. No, people, black folks do great shit every day just like anybody else. Like, you have a lot of smart, intelligent black folks innovating just like other folks do, but, you know, you barely, you know, you barely hear about them. You know, but you will hear about LeBron James. Like, LeBron James, like, and I, I, I look, I like sports, I, I play sports, you know, but LeBron James being the greatest player, breaking a certain record, shouldn't be more important, you know, uh, then a brother finding a way to um, convert piss into water so folks can drink, you know, and have, you know, good drinking that I don't fucking feel great about that idea. That's a whole nother, whole nother subject. I said I was going to keep this short, and I'm, and I'm not doing a very good job of that. So, let's get on with this. Let's talk about these serial killers, and then we're going to wrap this up talking about Jonathan Major's dumbass. And I'm sorry, I don't try to be super, super disrespectful, but. I know y'all seen some of that stuff. That, that, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous, some of the stuff that I was hearing. And I wasn't the biggest uh, John Major fan, uh, especially with his little pink get-up and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. That, 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 that brother seems like he's very confused. But let's start off with these serial killers. I, I, I said I was going to talk about it because I was being a little big, and I'm going to do a little bit more digging. But uh, let's start off with the very beginning, very, very beginning. Uh, Procus, uh, I, I'm probably butchering that name, but he's a serial killer from Greek mythology. Shows up in Attica. Let me tell you, or let me read to you a little bit about that. The first ancient serial killer to appear in popular culture can be found in Greek mythology. The famous serial killer, Procus, known as the Stretcher, is a legendary killer from Attica that kept a house by the side of a busy road where he offered hospitality to passing strangers. He usually invited travelers in for a comforting meal and a night's rest in his very special iron bed. Unknown to his oblivious victims, if they were sorted into bed, he stretched, uh, he stretched them by hammering or racking the body to fit. Alternatively, if the victim was longer than the bed, he would cut off their legs to fit. As you can probably understand, in both cases, the victim died in uh, an enviable death uh, due to this terrible torture. Uh, fortunately, Pescades was destroyed by his own method by the younger and stronger uh, Theseus, who would later murder the uh, Minotaur of Crete. Uh, Pescades is still discussed today thanks to his Pescadian uh, bed, which has become a proverbial for the arbitrarily and violently forcing somebody or something to fit into an unnatural uh, scheme or pattern. So that just kind of shows you, like, First of all, how many horror flicks have something similar to that? And how many of those horror flicks actually relate to something that happened in real life? That's the point. That's the point, and a lot of cognitive dissonance there, but god damn. These motherfuckers just started out with that shit. And here's something else, like, when you get this kind of, like, story and mythos, Shit, shit like that has to be happening, you know? Like, you don't just get that fucking idea out of nowhere. Oh, but try to be doing this shit way back then. Yo. Yo, like, that's a shit. It's a, like, when people say it's a cultural thing, it's, it's not even a joke. It's not even a joke. But, but, I would be remiss to call it a European thing. 
very it's a very Eurasian thing. Uh, like many other things, like um, they do like castration, you know, certain things like that. Well, historians are still debating. Oh yeah, so Louis Tingley. So this is a I think he was Chinese. Yeah. So while historians, oh yeah, and that's the thing. People debate whether Tiscuitis uh, is a real historical figure. I kind of think he was based on somebody real. That's my thing. But you know, the one that they do know about, or they kind of know about, is the Prince of Zhidong. Uh, a uh, little King Lin was a second century Han prince who thought that he had the license to kill. Um, and for two decades, he went out and killed a whole bunch of um, people, like, and mostly who he considered to be criminals. Um, it's, uh, what you call it? Oh, well, let me read this. Uh, during his interview, a little King Lin noted over 100 people in total seizing their possessions for pure sport, as reported by Chu uh, Mun Qian. Uh, uh, in records of the great historian, and for those who've never played the game Dynasty Warriors, that's one of the characters in the game. You know, so. And I'm just skipping through a lot of that because I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Too much for you. Um, then you had, uh, Queen Amula, uh, Sri Lankan Queen, who was said to be, uh, a serial killer, a poisoner. Um, then you have Lacusta, who lived in Rome. You know, another ancient serial killer, but she was, uh, she's considered to be the first female serial killer in Western history. You know, um, basically she was a botanist. She's basically the original poison ivy. You know, she used herbs and shit to kill people, poison them, give them heart attacks. Which is what she was, like, that's how it goes. You know. And everybody else in European history is kind of like medieval times, so we're not going to cover them, but I, I think that's interesting. You know, you have one person, and that's an interesting thing, too. Like, the, the female, that's how Western society is, like, with the female killing people, they're like, oh, yeah, she did that shit to do, but we don't know if she actually did it or not. We don't actually know that. Like, can you prove that there was someone who would do something like that back then? Like, still now we have horror flips, but no one had that kind of thing back then. Oh, the hell over there, yeah, she did that. She poisoned them, yeah, she killed them. They were just out there. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, now that I've obviously did that, I'm, I'm still going to be doing some digging now, because I'm pretty sure there's more, but that's, that's just kind of what I've found so far. So far. But, uh, Jonathan Major, now let's talk about this clown. And the reason I'm calling him a clown is because, like, when will you learn? When will you learn? And when I say it's just like, you have all the references out there, and you sitting over here, like, okay, let me tell you this. So, let me just break it down. Jonathan Major was dropped by Marvel and Disney. Uh, for putting his hands on his now ex-girlfriend, right? And they caught it on TMZ, and basically, while they don't have anything with him, like, assaulting her on camera, they do have a clip of him, as they said, manhandling her into the car. So basically, 
Um, maybe he had got out the car, so he was getting out the car. Uh, you guys can find the video if you haven't seen it already. And he threw it back in there. And after that, he started running away for about six or eight blocks. Right? He, he, he was dumped. You know, clearly that, that girl never played a sport before in her life. And he, he, he was out of there. But why I'm coming down so hard on this brother, well, number one, he was already cooning with that pink stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? And people talked about it, you know, and you want to be for the culture. And that's my thing. Like, don't say that you're doing shit for the culture. And then you go and do some shit that's clearly not what the culture stands for. You know what I'm saying? That's Western culture. You want to say I'm a Western culture, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. And I'm just saying me. I don't have a problem with it personally. But, you know, be about Western culture then. That's, that's a Western thing. You know, when you're talking about for the culture, the culture don't stand for that. Regardless of what anybody else may feel about that. That's your prerogative. You know what I'm saying? But don't say that you're representing us when you do that. Number two. The, uh, his ex-girlfriend. Got, has a, had a report that they placed in the court about him scolding her. Now, again, this kind of ties into what I was talking about before. Things that you say and being aware of how you say it, and you may even be right, but be careful of how you say it because things can be taken out of taken out of context. You know what I'm saying? And people outside of our community are in that liberty to under like they don't have to understand where we're coming from. You know, as much as you want them to, they don't have to, and they can take it the way that they want to take it. What I mean by that is that he was scolding her about. Basically, evidently, she was out drinking from what I could gather from it, um, partying. He basically, I guess, he wanted her, her to represent him better. Now, I can't speak to who he is as a person. I can just say that from what he said, he, he was saying, I need you to be more like Coretta Scott King. And he asked me, you know who this is? And it's like, she's white. That was the first thought I had. I'm like, motherfucker, if you wanted a black sister, why didn't you go get your one? You already was fucking up. Trying to turn her into somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Bringing up Michelle Obama. And I guess his point was he wanted her to be, you know, the, I guess the one, like, you know what I'm saying? His idea was like, does he have a little vanity, a little narcissism to him? I would assume, I don't know him personally, but I kind of feel that way. Based on like the things that he was saying and talking about how he's a great man. I don't, a great man for what? What did you do that was great? Nigga, you play movies. There ain't no great man. We didn't break down no barriers. Like, the reason that we honor certain black actors is because they were breaking barriers and making, like, Denzel was, was getting leads and getting roles. Like, got Oscar, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was, you know, the first black person in the field to kind of get that recognition. That's why he's great. He's got a standard. Whether people want to agree with it or not, that's what it is. I mean, as far as setting a standard, but that's why... He's considered to be great. When you're some, one of the first, like Paul Robin said, as far as being one of the first black people in theater, very well, world-renowned in theater. You know, not just that, but being an athlete and a rapist starter, a Phi Beta Kappa, which means that he never got lower than, like he got straight A's all through his tenure at, uh, at Rutgers. Very, 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 very good uh, prestigious school. So when you have people like that, yeah, that's great. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about accomplishments. You know, you didn't do anything great, though. Like, you, like there was a bunch of black actors before you. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand what he did that was great. Like, what did you, what did you do that was so monumental? 
that's why I kind of got like so. I'm just you know why I feel like there's some of the narcissism coming from. But I understand though, like as an actor, somebody who's trying to be on a certain level, you want to be represented well. Like this bad press that he's getting is exactly what he's trying to avoid, and she knew that. She literally told her that. But anyway, she caught just I guess the right amount of it, because again, you don't know how that whole conversation went. You know, but she definitely made sure that she got the parts where he was telling her to be like other black women. And me, I'm understanding, because understanding dynamics, like he's trying to use, like, he's using references. I'm tell you what it is. He's using references of great women that he knows. He don't know no great white women. He didn't want to compare her to a great white lady, you know what I'm saying? Like he's trying to make something relatable. He's taking it as, you want me to be somebody else. You want me to be black. Or like a black woman. And I, I guarantee you that's exactly how that fucking court took it. You know what I'm saying? That's the part where they see in the movie. She manhandled her. She asked, he was demanding her to be like Coretta Scott King, a great woman, because he's a great man. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm like, dude, it's some of the dumbest shit. You know what I'm saying? In that moment of him trying to tell her how to better represent him, he wasn't aware that he needed to represent himself and that his behavior needed to be A1 at all times. You know, yeah, would he have dealt with this with a sister? Most likely not. I doubt a sister would have chased after getting into it, would have chased him for eight, nine fucking blocks. Like, I saw the video. I saw him trying to get away from her. Like, I can kind of see how that relationship is going. Like, that shit looked like it was some toxic-ass shit. You know? He, I'm going to just keep it real. He just, like, keep it. Like, I'm, I'm just going to keep it what it was. Like, sometimes dudes, like, a little bit that they getting. You know what I'm saying? There's something about that that he likes. You know what I'm saying? But you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. It's just what it is. If you understood that, like, it's just like, dude, you should already knew. You can't, like, bust. On all levels, you should have known you can't ask a white woman to be a black woman. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous if you even said that. Number two, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Which is clearly what he's trying to do. Because you, you mad at her for going out get, getting drunk. Now they can't go out because she's drunk. You know what I'm saying? So it just seemed like it was a toxic ass situation. That you shouldn't, like, you know, if you know all this and you're trying to do this, why the fuck are you avoiding that? It's just stupid shit. But going back to my main point, the thing that I started this whole thing about is you have to be aware of how, like, this shit is different. This is the digital era. And shit you do is private. Don't think, look, you may think that shit is private. It ain't. You think that Snapchat shit is private? You think that shit disappeared? You can request, you can easily request every, tra- like, transcript of conversations you have with people over Snapchat. It's very easy. Very, very easy. And you can do that with pra- well, practically every platform. Which means, that there's a database with every interaction that you have. When law enforcement and certain people want to get your text messages, they can pull that, regardless if you deleted it off of your shit or not. It's just clearance. It's just how much money. It's just time. How much How much are you going to invest for them to go get that resource? But it's, it's obtainable, is my point. It's all obtainable. You know what I'm saying? And we have we have different different devices. So when it doesn't make it any better for us with the things that we message or what we post because they keep track of that, they watch that. You know what I'm saying? And we also have to be careful about what we say because the same rules apply. 
Yeah, camera is a game changer with this police shit. It's also a game changer for you. Because you don't have the benefit of trying to, like, when it comes to a police officer, you have the burden of trying to prove, no matter what the video says, you still have to go out there and prove that they were doing something wrong because of the position that they hold within society. As dirty as that shit is, you, that, that's a task. That's a task. Compared to your black ass, I'm just a regular person, but your black ass especially, especially, you don't have that benefit. There's a lot of cases motherfuckers are looking at you guilty first. So you have the burden of trying to go extra hard to prove that you're innocent. You know? Or that you didn't mean something. Understand that narratives are shipped against you. You don't control not a single narrative in this country. Because you don't control not a single platform. Not a single one. So, uh, with that being said, I tried to make this short. I didn't. My bad. But, you know, things need to be said. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope this was a little entertaining. I try not, I'm trying to just keep it more podcast let it be a little bit more entertaining than just me sitting up here doing blah, 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 about this stuff. But, hey, like I said, like, things are changing. I talk a lot about where we're going to be, how we're making progress. But just because we're making progress, understand that the, the, the enemy is still making moves. The enemy is still competing. It's not a, it's not a thing because we're making progress. They're just like, oh, okay. what do we do now? No, they're, they're, you're going to have forces actively pushing against the changes you're trying to make. And that goes for anything. Anything. Anytime that you're trying to change something, you have to understand that whether you're winning or not, you still have a force that's trying to do the same thing you do. And they, they have, they're, they're trying to win. That's why I like comparing things to sports. That's why I like comparing things to sports. Because life is a competition. It's a competition. And the sooner that we understand that, the sooner we accept that, the easier things get. The less confused we'll be about things. You know, the, the, the better we'll be able to react. Because I'll tell you one thing. In chess, if you're only focused on what you're trying to do, you'll get caught a lot of times. You know, you, oh, like the first thing you need to do you, like, being a chess player is that you, you want to figure out what are your opponent's ideas. Yeah, you got playing. Plan, well, for me, the plan is just checkmate for win a piece and then simplify and get to the end game. Keep things simple. You know what I'm saying? But mostly just try to figure out what is my opponent trying to do trying to stop them uh, from doing what they're trying to do and use that to my advantage and, you know, force them into a blunder, you know, again, win a piece and simplify into an end game and, and win that end game, you know, but it's a, it's a two-way street. It's a very active thing. That's why you, when you play chess, you'll see a lot of people who do, even the even grandmasters, they, they take breaks because it's, it's a constant, it, it demands so much of your focus. You know, but that's what we need in real life. We need to enhance our focus. We need to pay attention uh, to the important things. You know, uh, understand that the Jonathan Major thing is not a big deal. We shouldn't talk so much about it um, because, hey, at the end of the day, he don't represent all of us. You know, and he made part of the bed that he has to lie. You know, our same with Terrence Howard. He made that bed. You know, 
so he has to lie in it. I don't want to hear him cry. Like him crying about him not getting uh, the money that he quote unquote deserves, huh? You don't deserve it because you're a thief. You're a thief. And a matter of fact, just because I'm going to post the damn link. This is the only time you'll ever see me deal with Vlad. Because like, y'all you know I don't like that platform, but he, uh, he he's the platform that has the interview. So I'm going to post the link. Hopefully, they don't take it down. But uh, I'm going to post the link in the description so you guys can go see for yourself, uh, you know, so you can hear his own work. You know, Karen Tyler, he's a, he's a house nigga, a real house nigga, and the worst kind. You know, the house nigga that want to fuck up the master and then come crawling back to the barracks when master do him wrong. Now he want to be on our side when master did him wrong. No, no, go up there. And, and, and lay up in that same bag with, with that master. Master, if you sit here, go sit up there and choose the master that keep you with feeding them already. Don't come back down and hit us. You know, because even, anyway, peace over my thumb. Check out.